0: hi everyone welcome to a rocky star podcast this is brian argot on a rocky star podcast i talk sports with the guests but i do much more than that i actually get into the guest background on what got them started in sports and i'm doing no other than that today with jaron kiviott he's actually going to school up in boston for sports management he one day hopes to be working with the mets in their front office the New York Mets that is. And yes, we are talking a lot of New York Mets today. He actually has a big Instagram page about the New York Mets, which I will link to in in the show notes. But we talk a lot of Mets talk on how he got started in seventh grade while launching that Instagram page, which now a lot of Mets fans follow. And I'm very excited about this one, not only because I'm a Mets fan, but you know, it's just really fun to hear young, uh, young people on their stories when it comes to them getting started, because I'm doing that here, but I'm not young anymore. I'm about to approach 30 here next month. And, uh, you know, when you're 30, I don't think you're considered young, but, uh, Jaren is uh, only 19 years old. He has a lot of knowledge here about baseball and I'm excited to bring you guys this episode. I hope you enjoy this one with Jaron Kiviat. What's going on today, Jaren? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Brian? Thanks for having me on today. Of course, dude. Thanks for coming on the show. Us being two Mets fans, we have a lot to talk about.
1: We do. I mean, it's been a great off season so far, and you know, nothing I like more than talking about the Mets.
0: I know, man. It's uh it's a suffering lifestyle that we live.
1: <laughs> it is, but you know, it, it appears like the tide is finally turning, you know, things are finally going our way for once. So a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. How did you become a Mets fan to begin with?
1: Yeah, so my entire family is actually from New York. Uh, to be more s- specific, they're from Long Island. So, you know, born and raised a Mets fan living in L.A., uh, despite the fact I am 3,000 miles away. Always <laughs> been always been a diehard Mets, Jets, and Knicks fan. Uh, that's just the way it's always been. I mean, you know, we try to visit New York uh, at least once a year, if not a few times a year. So I'm kind of, like, used to just not really being a New Yorker, but not exactly being like a typical Californian either. So.
0: Right now, yeah, same way. When I go to Dodger games and I am wearing the Mets jersey, it's like you know you stick out like a sore thumb.
1: Exactly, so, but hey, there are a good amount of us at the at the Mets no. Dodger games. You know, it's not like we're completely outnumbered. I mean, there is definitely more Dodger fans, but you know there, there are quite a few in, in, uh, Mets fans in LA as well.
0: Yeah, no, you are right. It's they definitely do show up a lot, especially for the three home games that the Dod- we have with the Dodgers here. Yeah,
1: yeah, and in San Diego too. I mean, we we take over San Diego as well,
0: especially yeah, yeah. And I remember the when Bartolo Colon hit that b- home run in in uh, Petco Park. Man, oh my god! That was there were so many Mets fans there.
1: Yeah, I, I was there. I was actually like oh. with the seven line that day, and um, I filmed I filmed the home run on my phone. That was surreal. That was surreal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Mets fans they they they're able to pack Petco Park, but especially that weekend on the Bartolo game, it was it was ridiculous.
0: That that, that was a fun game. Plus, uh, man, that, the radio call I can still remember like it's today. Oh, my yeah. God, the, the radio call and Gary, Gary Cohen's
1: call, the impossible is up.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. It was just crazy, yeah. It was, it was surreal. Uh, it was a great game. And uh, wh- wh- what made you start your, your Mets Instagram page? You have a lot of followers on there, you, and you have a lot of engagement.
1: Yeah, so um, I started it back in 2014. Um, at the time, I was like a seventh grader, which is pretty crazy to think about now that like, I'm in college. But, yeah, at oh, the time, um, I was looking for Mets pages to follow as a fan. But to my amaze, I couldn't find really a single page I liked and would genuinely follow. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna give it a shot. To see what I could see what I could do. And then the account gradually grew. I think it took me like about a month or two to get to a thousand followers. Uh, but once I got to a thousand, like everything kind of like started, you know, running really well for me on right. the page. And then 2015 happened. The page just shot up from there. So oh, wow. I look back since, yeah.
0: Yeah no man, you have a lot of great content. That's actually how I found you uh, mostly, and then that, and then through uh, LinkedIn as well. Yeah yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate the support, man.
1: Means a lot. Oh yeah,
0: of course, man. Uh, always you know love finding out. I have actually found out some of the headlines through your content. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it, you know, in
1: these days, like people don't really read as much as they used to in terms of getting their news, and they really, they, we know they don't watch the news. That's for sure. Right. So uh, you know, with the kid, with the people around our age, you know, from I'd say middle school to like college uh, college graduates, everyone in that like age range. That's really like where I get the most numbers on Instagram.
0: Oh, yeah, I bet, man. Like I, when uh, James McCann got signed by the Mets, it was like, I was like, I saw it on yours because I kept looking, you know, it was like, uh, it was like, oh, the headlines, you know, are here, are here. The Mets are in on my hand. Mets are in on my hand.
1: Yeah. Then, yeah.
0: When the actual sign happened, I was like, oh, shoot. I so like, I checked and looked and I was like, finally. finally." Dude,
1: Luckily, happened. I was like right on my phone when that happened because there's been so many times where like a Met signing or a trade or some breaking news has come out, like at the like worst possible time for me. Like, a <laughs> so yeah, there are times where I have to like stop whatever I'm doing and just like direct all my energy to the post. So,
0: you know, it's tough to keep track of sometimes, but I love it. Oh, yeah, man. It's great. I, I love what you're doing there. So exactly right now, what are you going to college for? Yeah,
1: so I go to school um, in Boston, a private school called LaSalle University. Um, I'm majoring in sports management. Luckily, they were able to give me a really nice scholarship for it. So, yeah, um, I'm at home currently due to COVID and everything. Um, I was actually supposed to work for the Mets in New York like this year. That was my plan initially. And then like the ownership sale happened and COVID happened and everything kind of got all jungled up. But, yeah, for now, uh, I'm at home um, taking classes online and I'll probably be heading back to the East Coast uh, in the fall. So,
0: oh, no, that'd be awesome, man. And I hope you actually get the work under them under the new ownership.
1: Yeah, dude, that's my goal. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love nothing more than to contribute to this organization, help Steve Cohen out. Um, you know, obviously, with the things I've said about the will in the past, I never really thought that was like really possible. But <laughs> now that we got a new ownership who probably, you know, disliked the will as much as we did, um, you know, I'd love to help them out. So,
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So what is your ultimate goal for for uh, like you said, team management? What do you, uh, what would you like to uh, uh, ultimately get to?
1: Yeah. So like right now, I mean, because I'm so young, I'm only a sophomore in college. I'll take whatever right. I can get, you know, whether that's in ticket sales or PR and marketing communications or whatnot. Um, overall, uh, my end goal is I'd love to, you know, contribute to the front office in any way I can. Uh, maybe get to the top of the front office. I don't know. That being said, I want to keep an open mind because I feel like a lot of the skills I've learned on Instagram and just being in it for so long, I've been doing this for like seven years. I feel like a lot of things I've learned, I can kind of apply to a bunch of different departments, whether it's like marketing or PR. So, you know, I may say from a fan perspective, like, oh, you know, I'd love to run a front office. But when you're actually in there, you may learn that, hey, it's not what I was actually like looking for. So, yeah, I mean, right now I'd say like my end goal is to, to be in the front office, but um, you know, things could change and uh, I'm open-minded. I, I would just love to work in the MLB industry. And if I could help out the Mets while doing that, that's a huge plus. No, no, I mean, that would be a dream come true.
0: Yeah, man. And I think that was a very wise answer of you to say, like, you know, it's like being open to all possibilities, especially as someone as young as yourself, I like, can imagine you're what you're 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. Right? yeah, 19. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're saying that, you know, most people don't say that till like 24, or 25, you know, and, right. uh, ready like you know being willing to pivot at any time is the best you know mindset that anybody could possibly have
1: yeah for sure because you know you don't really know what it's like until you're actually like in the trenches so you know it's really easy to say like oh you know i i want to run this team i want to be i want to be the gm but you know there are like a million other people who say the exact same thing so you know i understand i've had i've had unique experience unique skill set but uh i gotta work my way up so you know whatever i can get i'll I'll love love to take it and maybe maybe i mean i've also thought about the possibility of like kind of aligning myself with the mets like the way the seven line did like when they parted up with the mets that'd be a really cool thing to eventually do down the line i know steve cohen is like looking to buy us and why as well eventually so maybe there'll be something there but yeah i mean i'm I'm open i'm I'm open to everything
0: oh yeah definitely so I want to talk into uh, – I want to get some more uh, Mets news and the, the organization since Steve Cohen made the purchase. What was your ultimate reaction when Steve Cohen made the purchase?
1: Oh, my God. I was jumping for joy, man. I mean, I was praying that A-Rod and J-Lo wouldn't get it. I really think that would have been not exactly like the Wilpons, but in a way kind of like a continuation of the Wilpons. Same old BS we're used to. <laughs> and all that. Um, you know, you, anytime you get a guy in there who has the most money out of any – MLB owner ever yeah. and he's a guy di- and he grew up a Mets fan his family they're all Mets fans it's just like the perfect situation you could already see like the impact right off the bat Right, so, and, I, and I had a feeling that when Steve Cohen is like when he, when he was rumored to buy the team I knew that he was going to make an immediate impact like this right. and you know the fact that the Will botched the deal initially and they had like the whole five-year thing and Steve Cohen still came back and still got the team despite all of that it just shows you how much this guy truly wanted to be the Mets owner. So,
0: Oh, yeah. I know. Love and it. he he ended up paying more
1: money too after that, right? Yeah, no, he. he I think – actually, I don't think he paid quite as much. I think he would have paid like 2.6. Would up it paid. have been? Yeah. I think he ended up paying something like 2.2 2 or something like that. I don't know. But, hey, I'm just happy the Will puns are out. And, yeah, Cohen. Cohen's the perfect guy, I think, to run this team. We, we, we've needed a guy like Cohen.
0: Oh, yes. d- definitely. I mean, it's already like, a you know, when the Dodgers changed ownership and everything like that. Um, once yeah. Mark Frank McCourt was out of there, you know, you saw all these off front office moves and stuff like that.
1: And, it, and It's really satisfying because I remember for years, like you'd say, you'd always say like, hey, it all stop, starts from the top down. Like the right. second that the wheel ponds out, everything will change. And it's like overnight, everything changed. I mean, yeah. they, they got Steve Cohen and immediately, they, you know, Marcus Stroman's like, I love the energy. I'm coming back. They get James McCann. They make that huge Lindor Carrasco trade. I mean, they've been all over the the headlines the entire offseason. So, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. It's so different than what we're used to, but it's amazing. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And when the whole thing happened with uh, Jared Porter and the whole sexual harassment thing, I mean, Steve Cohen was right on it. He's like, eight hours later, you're you're canned. He's gone.
1: Right, yeah. They didn't mess around. and It sucks because – even with Steve Cohen here, you still get some of those like same old Mets, lol Mets, you know, headline, yeah, yeah. uh, which you know, in Steve Cohen's defense, i do not had any control over that. Obviously not. Yeah. Uh, just kind of bad luck, bad timing, and then the Mickey Callaway thing happened after that. So yeah, the Mets. They, I don't know what it is. The Mets. They, they always seem to find themselves in like the middle, of, like these like just absurd <laughs> stories. Well, like, stories you won't hear from any
0: other organization, any other it, team. I mean, back to back years. I mean, it was pretty like when I saw the news of Jared Porter, I was like. I was like, God, this just reminds me of the Carlos Beltran when we hired yeah. him as the manager, and then he's I mean, gone.
1: I mean, and the thing with Porter is it happened at a, like the story came out of nowhere. I remember going through Twitter, yeah. and I was reading Jeff Passan. And he was like, Jared Porter involved in like whatever the tweet was, like sexual harassment. I was like, what? Because what? when he got hired, all you're hearing is like, this guy's a class act. He's a great yeah. – I was only hearing good things. Amazing scout worked his way up. Only heard great things, and of course he gets to the Mets and then – you Know, like a month or so into his uh tenure as GM, boom, story comes out, and he's gone. It's just crazy,
0: yeah. No, I, I definitely think, uh, when especially when uh Steve Cohen was initially like you know, before the, the sale went through and it was approved, he put uh Sandy Olishan back in place, right? So, I mean, man, it was like you know, a sign of relief that that it was gone because. We like Bro- Brody Van Wagen and out the door. I was like, I was so happy there. Yeah,
1: that was that was when I knew for sure that this guy like was was in touch with the fan base. He knew exactly what we wanted because I remember reading yeah. when Steve Cohen was buying the team. There were a few reports that Steve Cohen might give Brody Van Wagenen like a year to prove himself. I was like, no, 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 no. This guy has already screwed over our farm. Pretty much yeah. every signing or trade he's made has blew up in our face. We got to cut ties with this dude. Um. So yeah, when when he when he uh you know immediately changed the front office and. You know, God brought in his, his, uh, his own guys, especially Sandy Alderson. That yeah. was a breath of fresh air. It really was.
0: No, yeah, we definitely love the way Alderson ran the team for the first part of the decade. You know, right. when, he, when he was in place and he had to leave, sadly, due to he was fighting cancer, you mm-hmm. know, and then, uh, you know, he comes back and, you know, he's the head of all this. And, you know, I think it's just a lot of good signs to come because he's definitely the guy that's going to rebuild that farm system.
1: I think he will. I think he will. And, you know, I think even beyond that, uh, one of the things I heard about Brody all the time was he wouldn't really, like, let the scouts, like, chime in on trade, trades right. and suggestions and all that. And Sandy's known all these guys. He's keeping most of his guys that he worked, especially, like, Tom Tannis, yeah. John Rico, all those guys. Um, so, you know, it, it really is great. I, I feel like now the Mets are going to have, like, that perfect mix where, there's emphasis on building the farm system and player development, but at the same time, like, they're also big spenders in free agency on the trade market. So, it's, and that's really the perfect combination you need in a big market. I mean, we've seen how the Dodgers have perfected that. So, like, if we could do something like that, you could be looking at, you know, really a dy- – I don't want to say dynasty in the sense that we'll win, like, 10 World Series, but, like, a competitive team, respectable team
0: every single year, which is something that we haven't seen ever in our lifetimes
1: as Mets fans.
0: No, yeah, I mean, nothing like this. And, you know, it's it's a breath of fresh air because, you know, we, we've seen some teams, you know, go through this whole rebuild mode. And I really think, like, I mean, obviously you have to have the hon- the owners full support of it. And I really think, obviously, everyone's trying to emulate the Dodgers. is not that easy. But when you have that money in the place like that to do it, it's definitely possible. It
1: is, it is possible. And I feel like, you know, we already have a lot of, like, the young talents already here. Yeah. Uh, now building off of that, I mean, the top of our farm system is really good. The problem is it just like lacks the depth beyond like you know the top five or so prospects. Um, but you know, I, I think gradually the farm system will get better. And yeah. on top of that, it helps when you have a great team right now and you got money to play with. So yeah.
0: exactly. When I think when Brody Van Wagenen brought in uh, Edwin Diaz and and uh, Robinson Cano, and we traded two. Uh, you know, highly respected prospects in the farm. And people are like, oh yeah, but they gave the Mets 20, oh, was it 20 million or something like that. Yeah. So, basically it was like pocket change when they gave us. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we still had, luckily Cano, I mean, unfortunately I'm happy that he took sauce here yeah, you took steroids last year because you freed up that $24 million or whatever. That was huge. That was huge. Yeah. I, I, you know, if that doesn't happen, I don't think we could trade for Lindor.
1: I really don't. At least not without going over to luxury tax. I think once that happened, it was like okay, like we could seriously add like a few stars this offseason.
0: Yeah, because yeah. still in that time, George Springer wasn't signed yet, and that right. was our, th- our thing, and we were going to get Springer. Yeah, I mean, and that's one that really hurts because he really seemed
1: like a perfect fit for us. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, he was asking for a little bit too much money, and I think the Mets did make the the right move by. Saying, okay, like we're not going to pay over 130 million, we still have to extend Conforto, Lindor, possibly Syndergaard, Stroman. Like, we, I, Steve Cohen can afford us, afford it in the sense that, you know, this guy's like 14 billion dollars. But from a baseball standpoint, it doesn't make sense because the luxury tax threshold, it is like a real thing. Like, teams, like, I think they are willing to go over it, but at least in Steve Cohen's first year, and, you know, it's almost a guarantee he's going to have to go over it next year and years to come. Yeah. Uh, Avoiding it this year. Makes a lot of sense. It really does.
0: No, no, definitely. And like you know, the Dodgers when they signed Trevor Bauer, and we'll get to him a little bit more in a little, uh, little bit. But uh, you know, when they did that, yeah, they were they were like five million before going over, was still having to you know possibly resign Justin Turner, and then they pull out the Bauer thing, right? You know, it's like they're going to be paying that for the next two years, but they just won, so yeah, they can do that, and they know they could do that. The Mets, you know, we still don't know what we have.
1: We don't, really. I mean, a lot of these guys we've seen, I mean, I'm not going to say like they're, like their sample sizes, but yeah. some of these players who played really well, you know, it's baseball. They could easily have struggling seasons. And it's like the Mets are like World Series contenders just yet right now. Um, I think if they make another big move or two, I, I I could see them being World Series contenders. But right now, they're probably like NLEs contenders, yeah, if not like wild cards. And I don't know, it'll be tough to take down the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, even it would be tough to compete with the Braves in our division. It
1: will be. It will be. I think we'll make it competitive with the Braves, but as of right now, I don't know if we could actually beat them for the NL East.
0: Yeah, because you know the Polar Bear last year, inconsistent year. You know, and I'll blame a uh, part of that on like the the shortened season. You know, sophomore like, too. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's also that. You know, and I think a few players had that, and uh, but for the for the most part i think you know we're going to have a solid like lineup i am really upset that baseball didn't put in the um, the dh for this coming season everything else is put back in place besides the dh universal dh
1: yeah i agree i, I think they should have kept the dh for sure it seems like they 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 added all the things that we hated like they they kept they kept the uh, the runner on second base next innings which everyone hated they got rid of the dh i mean it doesn't really make sense what they're doing Right, uh, you know it's MLB. They always find a way to screw it up somehow.
0: Yeah, no, especially Manfred. Yeah, he, yeah loves he, really,
1: he really loves the fan base. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he definitely find, finds those ways, man. When, yeah. when, um, you know, I want to talk about a few of the Mets offseason moves. So, what, what were your overall reactions of the Carrasco Lindor trade for for uh, Rosario, Jimenez, uh, and two other prospects?
1: it could go down as one of, if not the best Mets trade in in their history. That's really what I'll say off the bat. I mean, considering we got arguably the the best shortstop in baseball in his prime and a really solid pitcher with a playoff pedigree on top of that without giving up any top prospects, I mean, the trade was amazing. I was surprised that the return that Cleveland was okay with giving up, especially considering they're trading their franchise player and another really solid pitcher on top of that. I guess a lot of teams are just going through these severe COVID revenue losses, and they, they're like, you know, what, screw. I don't care what we get as long as we get rid of this this contract. Um, but yeah, this trade was an A plus in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I thought. I mean, I love the trade for the Mets. I think uh, I think uh, Jimenez is going to actually be a really solid uh, second baseman, shortstop when he when it comes to his actual playing time. I, I actually really liked him last year. I thought he made some really solid uh, play like plays in the outfield or in the infield, and he's a be a good consistent hitter. Yeah, I, I like Jimenez too,
1: but you know when you're talking about Lindor, who's still very young oh, in yeah. golf, he's going to be occupying his shortstop position for years to come. Could just move McNeil to second base, um, especially after that Cano thing. All of a sudden, they're like, we don't really even we could just put McNeil at second. We don't necessarily need Jimenez anymore. So yeah, I mean it hurts losing Jimenez, but. Lindor
0: is a superstar town
1: that we haven't seen in years and years and years. So, yeah,
0: you know, what kind of yeah. what kind of contract do you think he's gonna get from us? it's gonna be like a similar Mookie
1: Betts type of contract, probably at least what I'm hearing uh, in the three hundred million dollar range. That's what it's gonna take. But the Mets could wait it out right now because uh, he is coming off a, a struggling 2020 season. I think he's still gonna cost a lot. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, another interesting thing to think about is if they trade. For Chris Bryant, which they've been rumored to, yeah, you'd have Conforto, Bryant, um, Lindor, Syndergaard, Stroman, all becoming free agents uh, next season. What the Mets could do is see how some of these guys perform in 2021, and then go from there. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a good problem to have, though. It, it is, even though it is a little tough.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. I I mean, I would be a bit hesitant to give him that much money because obviously Mookie Betts is you know the second best player in baseball. Yeah. And you know, uh, Lador can be that. He he uh, he's had his you know ups and downs about it. About mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, I definitely wouldn't want to give him that contract just yet. But I would like to see how he plays out.
1: I think and realistically, uh, actually, like thinking about it, I don't think there's a chance he could actually like. As I've been hearing that he's going to get three hundred million, but actually thinking about it, something like two hundred and maybe two hundred twenty-five, yeah, sort of fifty million. Makes a lot more sense. Something like, I don't know, eight years, 200 million. That just makes more sense. But
0: I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. It does. And, you know, I really hope that I'm tired of the long contracts. It really hurts teams. And I believe it hurts players' legacies too, you know? Yeah. It does. You know, certain players like, okay, like my Trout, yeah, you deserve 400 million. You know, the bets out there, what he's proven and everything like that, it's not going to hurt his legacy. But look at what it's done to Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera's career, you know?
1: Right. No, that's a good point. Um, I think with Lindor, it's a little bit different, though, because you're signing him when he's, like, still in his 20s. He still has plenty of good years left. And that's that's one of the reasons why Machado and Harper got so much when they were free agents because they were 26 when they hit the market. Uh, it, It's not really, It's kind of like a rare thing for a guy to hit the market in their prime when they're still, like, in their 20s. Right. So I think in, in this particular instance, like, I'm okay with giving him the long contract. Uh, the thing that's going to be tough is like spending on both him and Conforto. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how they do that. They got, they got to figure it out. Cause I know what Scott Bores, Conforto is going to be. <sighs> also. Yeah. You know, I,
0: I think I really hope that Conforto does, you know, I, I think he's really going to have another spectacular year. I really yeah. think he's one of the most underrated players in baseball.
1: I do too. No, I agree with you. I mean, unfortunately now, like, if he has that great year, it's going to bring up his value even more. Right. and the extent of this off season, who knows what he'll be asking for next off season. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes it a, a difficult decision for the Mets. So. No, uh, it,
0: it, it definitely does. And I, I really think he will take a sort of hometown discount, even though I know, um, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I, th- I think with everything coming out the books next year, we're just going to have to see for, for that.
1: Yeah, I, I hope he does. I mean, considering he's been with us since 2015, he is a veteran now, which is crazy to think about because yeah, I can right. remember his day yesterday. But, yeah, he's a vet. He's been with us for a while. I mean, I would love to keep in Florida if possible. But I also understand there's a lot of moving
0: variables and a lot can change in a year.
1: So, like, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, no definitely. And then uh, the uh, next thing I want to talk about, because I saw another update right now, was uh, Chris Bryan and the you know Mets, of course. It sounds like it's been all offseason. Off season. Yeah, uh, but it was like uh, I guess it was like two hours ago. They they've resumed talks about a potential Chris Bryant trade. What do you think? That's the move to solidify the third base position, or do you think we should go out sign maybe Justin Turner? When it comes to like the
1: trade market for third baseman, you know I really like Chris Bryant. I do like Eugenio Suarez as well. Right, but I just I don't think it makes sense if you're only getting a third baseman. I think if you are to attach another really solid pitcher, kind of like that Lindor Carrasco deal. Yeah, we are getting like a star and also a solid pitcher on top of that. Then I, I actually really like the move because I think that's a move that you can legitimately argue. Like that makes the Mets, you know, potential World Series contenders. If they get Chris Bryant, um, you know, I think he's definitely an upgrade over JD. But it's enough to be like, OK, like, you know, we're, the Mets are going to be a World Series team now. I don't know. If you're able to get Kyle Hendricks in that deal on top of Bryant, then I love it. I, I would love it. Uh, and I, I know the Cubs. I've heard are also interested in David Peterson, so maybe JD Peterson attached like another uh, solid prospect or two. I, I definitely,
0: I definitely think they want they want one of our top prospects. I think for him, And yeah. I I don't want to give that up because I do think JD is kind of solid at third base. I, I do like him there.
1: No, I like I like his bat a lot. Um, yeah. He's definitely though. He is definitely a bit of a defensive liability yeah. and that could That's cost cool. the Mets down the line. And at the same time, like they'll have to force a trade. I mean, it's not like you know, there's like a like a glaring need at their base. It would be nice to improve it, but if the deal's not right, like they were asking for Francisco Alvarez, no chance.
0: <laughs> right. No exactly. Chance. And that that's that's what it seems like they want the, our number one or two. Yeah. And, no. We're and, not. And to be honest, I don't want to trade uh, Peterson just yet. I I liked him actually. I really liked him too, but
1: I feel like if Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks were on the table, Hendricks, of course, like being a former ace with you know playoff pedigree, you know World Series experience, yeah, that would boost our rotation to a different level, and also adding Chris Bryant, he could definitely come bounce back next year and put up all star to even who knows maybe even MVP caliber numbers. He is a former MVP, so the upside is is definitely there. I I would personally I would be willing to do it. I would.
0: Yeah, no, de- definitely getting a I, I like getting players in contract years. You know, they they definitely uh play a lot better. Yeah. It's, you know, so I, I would not definitely hesitate. I but at this point, like if we're gonna give up like that much, I would uh I would like to just go out and wait. Because I mean the Rockies just gave away Nolan Arenado. I mean, I'm still yeah. I still can't believe that they gave no Arenado away and fifty million dollars. It, it's, a, it, it's so. I mean, God, the Rockies—they're—they're they're stupid, and it. They literally. So they literally paid. They literally said, "Here, take a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and six years of Arenado," for. <laughs> and they
1: you didn't know, get like any top prospects. No, no one too oh. great either. And it's it, just another example, like the like the Lindor package that Cleveland got. Like I, I just, I just don't understand. Like these teams now. It seems like they're willing to give up stars if they could simply take the contract off of their hands.
0: At least Cleveland got, you know, some promising players. You know, Rosario yeah. and and managed But like, like honestly, if the Mets could have gotten Arenado for for one hundred and fifty million, considering that's what how are going to get for George Springer, and he's only what he's twenty nine years old. Yeah, you know, you know, I would have, I would have done a heartbeat. We would have saved, you know, a ton of money. Yeah.
1: That's an interesting thing to think about, it is. Um I feel like the Cardinals are kind of in on air not like even dating back to last offseason, whereas the Mets, yeah. they've had they've they kind of dipped their toes everywhere, really. Um so I, I don't know. But yeah, that's a good point actually. I mean they they I, I, they did explore, I know that. And, but maybe maybe that was kind of like a recent thing where Colorado was like, screw it, like we'll just throw in another fifty million.
0: And and the only reason I bring that up is I think more teams are gonna be willing to to cut ties of players come the deadline. I really think that, you know, there's no urgency to get this out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially if there's not going to be that many fans next year too and teams are facing even more revenue losses. Yeah, you could definitely see teams like more desperate to just like dump top players for either a plethora of prospects or honestly just salary dumps. Exactly. Decent prospects, Yeah. Okay.
0: What what do you uh, a few predictions here? What do you think the Mets record is going into? To the- I think finish. I think right now I'll say they're
1: around like a ninety to ninety two win team. I oh say. god! So yeah, I, I think they could definitely win ninety games right now with, with the roster they currently have. Obviously, a lot of that depends on the health. Um, you know, no Syndergaard's health is a huge thing. Yeah, especially um, if they don't add another starting pitcher, but. You no, know, we'll see. I think I think they are they're not done yet with the offseason, I think. So I think they're going to make a few more moves. And yeah. they might make another big move. So, yeah, I think as of right now, like I, I could probably bank on them winning around 90 plus games. Um, I don't know if they could take down the Braves for an at least, but I think they'll definitely compete with the Braves and um, at the very least I think we should be able to make the wild
0: card. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I I think our pitching is I think we're pretty deep with starting pitching. Yeah. We are. Right. And they're still trying to sign James Spacton or uh, Jake Arietta.
1: Yeah. You know? Arietta, I'm not a fan of, by the way. If I was, if I was to sign a free agent, it would either be like James Paxton, Jake Odorizzi, or Taiwan Walker. Walker, who's the youngest of, of the three, only 28. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I would do personally. And, and they, on top of that, they they still have – they got Joey Lucchese. They got David Peterson. So they, they have some depth now too, even when Syndergaard comes back.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I was really hoping they had went out and uh, signed Chris Archer when he was out there. Oh, you want
1: Chris Archer? Yeah, I'm not a huge Chris Archer guy to be honest. I
0: I like the potential with him, you know, coming in on a one year deal, especially only making six million. Yeah, know, that's what pretty, he, that's they sign him for? Yeah. yeah, that's a good I mean, point. Just just think about it. I, he's he's actually been kind of healthy the last few years. So, but uh, yeah, you're you're right. He's he's definitely very consistent. With- he is
1: he is i feel like the mets would be fine right now if they just picked up one of the three i just mentioned yeah um but at the same time if they want to address their base so bad and because I mean, another option that i heard is they, they could sign justin turner and then flip jd for another pitcher that's possible as well i know they're trying to dump familiar either familia's contract or batanza's contract so i think they definitely have something bigger in the works they're not just going to settle for like another like decent starter and call an off season.
0: I think they're still going to make like another big move.
1: That's what I think.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And Alderson does, he does find ways to make these trades happen. Right. Right. I think, I think, I mean,
1: I, what do you think? Like, how do you think they should go about the third base position right now? You think they should just hold on to, to JD? You want to see them sign Justin Turner. You want to see them make a trade for Suarez or Bryant. So there's a few options here.
0: I, I just, yeah. I just don't want to give up a lot of pieces. I just feel like we don't have to, you know, Right, I really, I really would like to see a, uh, Justin Turner return to New York if the Dodgers don't retain him. You know, that would be awesome. Oh, would, that
1: would be amazing. I, like I've
0: that. always, I've always been a big Justin Turner fan. I, I think I was so mad when the White Ponds let him go. Same. Really? It was the same thing with Dan. It was like the same Daniel Murphy move that we did. We let Daniel Murphy walk. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Exactly. We, um, we see- uh, no, no, go on, go on.
0: Sorry, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, we just seem to let these players that continually do better every year walk. You know, we they continually just grew and grew in the farm system and grew and grew with, you know, the team. And it was just like, we let these guys go for, for nothing. Yeah, and,
1: and seeing them hit their, like, true potential and their farm <laughs> with another team is the worst. Oh. That's probably going to happen with Jared Kalanick, too, in Seattle, which is just going to be very painful. Uh, oh, my God. I That guy...
0: I, he is going to be a beast. <laughs> he is going to be insane.
1: Uh, if what we're hearing is all true, if all the hype is real, then this guy is going to be an all-star for years to come. But like, back to the Justin Turner thing. The thing I like, A lot of people complain about his age, but the thing I really like about Justin Turner is he hasn't really slowed down. He's yeah. been a little bit unhealthy, yes. I mean, uh, not healthy, but he's he's been injured, yes. But when he's on the field, he is still one of the best third baseman in baseball, especially offensively, and he's super, super clutch. He's, you're talking about like, the best postseason player in Dodgers history when you look at the numbers. So it's, yeah. really, it's crazy how clutch this guy is. And for a team, if, if you're really trying to win like in this window, Nelson Turner is a guy you, you definitely want on your team for a October run.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing I think that's why we missed out on. We wanted Springer really badly. Springer just brings that, you know, postseason, uh, you know, clutch ability. We could get that with Turner for cheaper. Right. We, I agree with that 100%. Now, yeah. are you willing to give up J.D.
1: Davis at the expense of that? Because I feel like if they they sign Justin Turner, it, they're they're definitely gonna move J.D. Davis.
0: Yeah, you know where do we move J.D. Davis to? Can we move him? Can we move him to the outfield? Oh, I don't think we can. huh? It's, it's. I mean, no right word. now they're not gonna
1: have a DH, so it's yeah. like who's the odd man out between if they get Turner, like between J. Because they're not gonna sign Turner, to will have, have him ride the bench. Right. So it's like who's gonna be the odd man out between him and Dom Smith? Not, that's what's tough. They, what I think the Mets could do also is they could kind of hold on to all these commodities and yeah. see, where, see where all these guys are at, at the deadline. Because like you said, I think there are going to be a lot of teams just dumping players at, at the trade deadline. So, you know, hypothetically the Mets could ride ride the season out. Maybe at the deadline they are a few games behind Atlanta. And they're like, okay, we need a huge player, another star, and then maybe they throw in a J.D. Davis
0: in that trade. Can do that. That's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, because he's definitely – not not only is he solid, but he's only making like $2 million or something. He's right. He's
1: controllable too. He, he's really young also. He's like what, like 26.
0: Yeah, 26 uh, or something. Yeah, so
1: he's still really young. I mean the, the only argument I could see why you may want to trade him now is like maybe his value is as high as it's going to be if you're expecting it to be worse next season. Right. I don't know. But, yeah, they, they, they could hold on to him.
0: No, Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, man, I want to talk a little bit more about you and everything that you got going on. Uh, What do you got? So you're going back to school here next year. Um, What what, uh, else do you have lined up for yourself?
1: So yeah, I'm going to try to get a pod, like my own podcast off the ground, probably like when the season starts. I've been looking into that for a while, but I didn't really have as much time. But now with like classes online being a joke as you may know if you're taking classes right now online. Doing the same, man. Yeah, they're a they're joke right now. Like, So I have a lot more time. Uh, I've been trying to get verified, so hopefully I can get verified for the page. going to get the merchandise back up and running soon. And then also, um, you know, maybe sometime next year I'll be working for the Mets. So, yeah, like i got a lot of things lined up. I'm also hoping that with fans coming back to games, I can like, form that SeatGeek sponsorship again, which a lot of people on my page really enjoyed. And also, I'm talking to a few different ops as well. So yeah, I have a lot of a lot of different things kind of you know juggling around right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's smart that you should start the podcast. And um, man, uh, I would I would definitely um, love to host it with you or something like that. If you're ever looking to do something, it yeah, would, uh, yeah, maybe for sure.
1: Um, I I gotta see like what I want to actually do with that. If I want to have a guest host, I was thinking like maybe like I could find a guest host. I would, first, I want to like shoot for like a celebrity guest host. Of yeah, pod. yeah. Uh, you know, but if not that, then find like a guest host and then, you know, maybe an, have an hour long episode each week, 30 minutes talking about like what's going on with the Mets and then like 30 minutes interviewing an interesting guest. I think that, I think that would be like the ideal way I would do it if, if I was to start one.
0: Yeah, man. I, th- I think there's definitely a lot of ways to go with it, especially uh, with your page. And another thing you could do is also Patreon. You could, uh, you know, you have that's such that's a big enough time. following and do that with Patreon as well. That's, yeah. That's a good
1: point. You know, is it tough to get a podcast on, like with with Apple or
0: Spotify? No, very easy now, man. Easy. Okay. Just go through the apps and do all that. But yeah, man, I I think you should definitely shoot for a podcast. Uh, I'll love to shout you out in time, and uh, I think you would do incredible things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I've wanted to start one for a while, and I think, I think now is definitely like the right time to get into it with with everything happening. So.
0: Yeah, man. And I think I think your audience wants it too. They do, they do. I know, I know for a fact, I do. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you'll definitely have a listener here on your on my end. Absolutely, absolutely. I I know you gotta get going. Um, I know you're short on time. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Is there anything else that you would like to say that you haven't already said? Um, no, not much, guys. I mean, I just appreciate all the support, Brian. Uh, once
1: again, I, yeah, it really means a lot. And um, you know, you guys can find me at nym underscore news. I have a lot of great stuff on the way, content wise. For well, hopefully, will be our the season where we get back to the playoffs in 2021 let's let's hope so
0: yeah as always let's go Mets man let's go Mets thanks a lot man for your time I hope you guys all enjoyed that episode here with Jaron. I know we talked a lot of Mets in this episode but you know it's fun just to kind of change things up you know we talked a little bit about Jaron and his story and everything he's working on but also I just love talking about baseball I love talking about the Mets and yes this episode was a little biased because we're both Mets fans but you know what it's my podcast and sometimes i want to change things up if you guys love talking sports or hearing sports please let me know um you guys can leave me a rating and review on podcasts or you guys can send me a direct message on uh, instagram or on linkedin at brian argot i look forward to hearing you guys next time thank you for tuning in and don't forget to share the show with your fellow sports fans